Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Step Up, our venture is never about us. It's always about God. So here's what you have to do. When God calls you to step up, you just say, okay, God, I'm going to step up with who I am and what I have. That's all God's asking. He's not asking for anything else. He knows exactly what you have. But see, it's not where we're going. It's who we're going with. And see, great I am. He supplies whatever you need. No one likes to give up something familiar or comfortable. This is even more true when this something has been the controlling point for our view of reality. So we have a tendency to plug in something we like in a new experience and simply make it fit. Jesus asks us to venture out into something new. What Jesus brings is new, fresh, and transformational. It will rip apart anything that tries to force it into another way of doing and experiencing. God calls us to take risks, but God doesn't call us to take a risk alone. He promises us that He will be there every step of the way. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 17, with our continuing study entitled, Step Up Venture. God is responsible for the new. Yes, miracles were great in the past. God is the God of the present. He says, I'm going to do a new thing. Now, I ask you to turn to Matthew 9 and look down to verse 17. Matthew 9, 17. Jesus speaking about the exact same thing, just in a different context. Look what he says. And watch for one of our key words this weekend. New. New. The word is new. Watch this. And Jesus says this, verse 17, And no one puts new wine in old wineskins. For the old wineskins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. Now watch new again. New wine is stored in new wineskin so that they both are preserved. The key word, Jesus says, Careful, the old wineskins, there's a danger. You have to be new. You have to be flexible. You have to be open to change. I'm going to do a new thing into you. You can't be living in the past. You can't say, well, I'm serving. I have it all together. Yeah, you may be serving, but you're not following Jesus today, step by step. God is going to do a new thing in and through you. God always works in us before he works through us. He calls us, then he equips us. You're going to see that you're never equipped to do what God asks you to do. He calls you, then he equips you. So he has to work in us before he can use us and work through us. Who knows what new area God wants in your life? I don't know, but I'm very excited. Understand these new things will require you to step up and take a risk 
and increase our faith. Now, as we went through this series, we began many months ago back with this first thing. Wise up. Since I don't know how to do life, only God does, I have to have wisdom. You can't do life without God. So we learn to do that. Now, when I wise up, God's going to speak to me. And we talked about that. The next thing I have to do is I have to listen up. And he speaks to me, and you'll see that this morning very clearly. He speaks to us primarily through the written word of God. Yes, some supernatural things, some things like that, inner promptings, all kinds of things. But primarily, they all have to match the word of God. So that's why we study the word of God. That's why you're seeing the word of God. God's saying to your spirit right now at our campuses, I'm going to do something new. Get ready ready, be flexible, be flexible, watch what I do. And then we realize, well, if, if I'm going to do what God's going to be speaking to my heart, I have to fill up. I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you can't do life in your own power. I have to be empowered by God. And that's that spirit-controlled life, that spirit-filled life. And after that, when I'm filled up, then God is going to take me because people don't know that they need to be Christians. Our world is so secular in the United States, it's plummeting quickly. They don't know there's a God. They don't know he's real. So I have to speak up. I have to have that boldness. That's what the filling of the Spirit does. And then we've come to today to speak up. I'm going to have to actually step up. I'm going to have to step out of my comfort zone. I have to go to places. I'm going to have to see what God wants. And by the way, when I do that, it's going to require a risk. It's a risk. And remember the third thing? I wish I would have taken more Risks. Now, as you begin to do that, this, this new thing that God wants, it brings another word that we talked about this week. It's called venture. Now, the noun word venture, notice what the noun is. An undertaking that's dangerous, daring, or of uncertain outcome. Now, I want the, the ushers to lock the doors at all the campuses. Because some of you are saying right now, you know, I could get out of here, I'm leaving. You mean that God's going to call me to do something that's daring and dangerous and I don't know the outcome? Yes. Because who then are you going to have to trust? Not you, but the all-knowing God. Now, when it's a verb, look what it is. To do something new, say it with me, that involves, say it with me, risk. Well, Pastor Mark, that's great for my neighbor, but not me. I'm too old. Caleb, Joshua, 80s, 90s, 100s, never too old. You see, your work is unfinished until you breathe your last breath. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it's not about you. It's about God. So... If I'm going to step up, I'm going to venture out. If I'm going to step up, I'm going to venture out. That could be going across the street to a neighbor, inviting him to church, bringing him cookies to a new person that moves into the neighborhood. Just start to plant seed of friendship. At work, at school, at college, wherever. It's something simple. Many years ago, sometimes we forget this. We don't have a lot of church history. It's kind of not a good thing that we do. Let me give you just a little simple church history. 2,000 years ago, Jesus took 12 disciples. He reproduced himself in them. 11 of them made it. Judas, as you know, left. Do you know why you're in this church in Melbourne and Vieira and Sebastian? Do you know why you're watching this service on television? Do you know why? Because of those 11 disciples. They ventured out, took the gospel around the world, Africa, Europe, 
Most of us, our, our, our relationships come from Europe. Many of you from Africa. That's how you got saved. See, they ventured out. By the way, what happened to those 11? Was there any risk involved to those 11? Ten of them were what? Martyred. John was boiled in oil but survived and died in old age. You see, you're here this morning because somebody stepped up and the gospel came to us. Well, lots of you are from lots of different denominations or whatever. I can only speak about Calvary Chapel at the moment. Just another one of the wonderful place. Lots of different churches. Pastor Chuck in 1970s started with a little church in California called Calvary Chapel. It was about 25 people. As he took ventures of faith, God began to develop this. Today, there's like 2,000 Calvary Chapels around the world. Thousands of pastors stood up, ventured out. Here we were, early 80s. I was in hospital pharmacy. Uh, we started a church called Cornerstone up in Merritt Island. And we were growing. God was doing a great thing. I was teaching once in a while, but most of the time we had, a, we had another pastor there, obviously. And all of a sudden, he left. And God called Malcolm Wilde, who was an English pastor who had been at Costa Mesa. He called him, and he came here to Merritt Island, became the first Calvary Chapel in all of Florida. He stepped up. He became our pastor. Then, in about 1992, Linda and I, we stood up, and we took a risk. God had said to us five years before 1992, I'm calling you to Melbourne and Palm Bay. You know this story. When we stood up in March 1992... For the next three years, I worked full-time for two years. So I was working full-time as director of pharmacy and preaching three times a week. And then the last year, because the church is now 500 people, we went down, I started working part-time. And then one day, the church is going crazy. And God just said to me, it's time to take another risk. So I went in. I went in in 1995, and I resigned as director of pharmacy after 25 years. And the next week, I had my devotion time in the morning. And I want to read to you, because this comes from my journal. You'll see when we get there. It was March 19th, 1995. During my quiet time in the morning, the subject of my devotion, my little devotion, was this. Follow the leader, Joshua 1.9. Follow the leader, Joshua 1.9. And then the little devotional said this. Banish fear. Get rid of fear and doubt, because I'm going to use you to expand the kingdom of God. Now, that was speaking to Joshua. But God said to me, get rid of your fears. I'm going to use you and your wife to expand the kingdom of God in Melbourne and Palm Bay. And I will be with you wherever you go. In other words, you've stepped down from pharmacy, but now step up, venture out, and follow me. I want to say to you, God has kept that promise to me. God has kept that promise to my wife, Linda, for the last 23 years. You see, you have to understand something. And make sure you understand. Everyone that's listening to me right now, everyone, everyone that's watching me, everyone that will see a video later, and whatever, you're benefiting from the disciples, From all those people, all the generations that carried it on, Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, get guys, reproduce your life in them. You're benefiting from them. You're benefiting from Pastor Chuck, thousands of Calvary Chapel pastors. Malcolm, you're benefiting this morning from Linda and myself simply humbly stepping up and venturing out. You see, 
you're here and being blessed because we stepped up and obeyed God. Now, what does that have to do? Nothing with me. You are a person of influence. There are people watching your life. If you're a parent, you are really a person of influence. You see, your kids are looking for direction in life. Your work employees, they're looking. If you're a boss, they're looking at you. Is this guy really right? If you're an employee, are you really doing what God asked you to do? See, every single one of you are persons of influence. And when we step up, we don't do this alone. This journey uh, of fulfillment and excitement, when we step up and venture out, we actually influence other people to do exactly the same thing. That's the way God designed it. So if you don't step up, then you're negatively impacting people. So I want to challenge you this morning to do just as we've done. So would you turn to your neighbor with a little smile and say, I need to step up and I need to venture out. Go ahead, do it. I need to step up and I need to venture out. Amen. You say, Pastor Mark, are you through? In your dreams. All right, here we go. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Old Testament, easy to find too. Sixth book, you'll see it. Boom, right there. Joshua chapter 1. Now, I already shared with you, Joshua is taking over for Moses because Moses is dead. God always has somebody to step up and continue the ministry. Watch what Joshua does. It will relate to you and I very well. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses said, Moses... My servant is dead. Now then, watch this, watch this. You and all these people. Joshua is going to be a person of influence for millions of people who are now going to look to him as the leader. You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River, promised land, into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. So they're on the border of the promised land. Joshua is told by God, you're going to be the guy that's going to have to step up and venture out. I'm going to give you this awesome responsibility and this incredible privilege. Now, here's the problem. And let me speak to this to you because we all struggle with this. When you start comparing yourself with someone else, the Bible actually says don't do it. And there's a statement that I make. Comparing ourselves to others is comparatively stupid. Some of you will have to think on that for a while eventually. About 2 o'clock this afternoon, it will come to you while you're watching the game. Wow, that was terrific. Whatever. (laughs) Now, what's Joshua thinking about right now? Here's what he's thinking. I guarantee you. I'm not Moses. I've been an understudy for 40 years. I'm not the leader. I'm I'm not ready. You will never be ready. God makes you ready. When I stepped out, I wasn't ready. So here's what I want you to write. It's huge. It's huge. Look at it. Step up. Our venture is never about us. It's always about God. So here's what you have to do. When God calls you to step up, you just say, okay, God, I'm going to step up with who I am and what I have. That's all God's asking. He's not asking for anything else. He knows exactly what you have. But see, it's not where we're going. It's who we're going with. And it's the great I am. He supplies whatever you need. Now, watch what happens. Verse 3. I will give you every place you set your foot. 
So how many steps is that going to be? A lot. So again, we're back to, the, as I promised Moses, we're back to not one step, but when I venture out, it's a series of steps. It's absolutely progressive, a lifestyle of following Jesus. Some of you, as I said, you stepped up to become a Christian. You're now serving, but you're not following. It will never work. It won't ever work. So God promises wherever you step, and he goes soon, gives him in the next verse, the the land, kind of where he's going to go and what's going to happen. Now look at verse 5. Look at the next promise. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Look at me. What does that mean? The minute I step up, guess who else steps up? Satan. Spiritual warfare, all kind of stuff. Because Satan hates what we're doing. So he said, well, that's another reason I'm out of here. No. No one will be able to defeat you. It's not you. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So when I step up, you say, Pastor Mark, I stepped up and it got worse. Welcome to the club. (laughs) It's going to be that way. Because we are fighting a spiritual battle. It's not by flesh. It's in the spirit world. So he says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now watch how he continues that encouragement. I need to be encouraged. You need to be encouraged. Be strong. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land, I swore to their forefathers to give them. See, God's very optimistic. Joshua, I know what you're thinking. Just be strong and courageous. Verse 7, Casey didn't hear it. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. If you study Joshua 1, four times, four times, God repeats these same terms. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because what was Joshua? Afraid. He was fearful. By definition, a venture is risky. Satan wants to paralyze us with fear. I don't think I can do it. He wants us to, he wants us to look at the venture and keep our eyes on it and the circumstances. They're unknown. I don't know how it'll work. And we panic. God says, no, 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 no. You have faith in me. You keep your eye on me. You keep your eye on the promises. I've called you. It'll happen. By the way, he who began a good work in you, he will finish it. So there's this battle of fear and faith. Faith in God destroys fear. Faith in God destroys fear. Now, here's a verse you know well. This is the way we live the Christian life. We live, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. We're not doing this by spinning a napkin. Well, which way should I go? No, we live by faith. Faith in what? God and his word, his promises. That's simply it. Now, what is faith? Don't complicate faith. Faith is very simple. Faith is the confidence that what God has said will indeed happen. So when he calls you, at the right time, he will equip you. You, you step out in front of God, it ain't going to work. If you hang behind God, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to miss many opportunities. I want you to look at me because I want to share something from my heart. Why did God say in 1995 when I had my devotion that morning, when I turned to Joshua 1, 9, why did God say, Mark, get rid of fear and doubt? Why did God say that specifically to me? 
I, I turn to Joshua 1.9, you'll see it in a moment when we get there. Why did God say to me, Mark, get rid of fear and doubt? Why did God say that to me? Well, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm, I've got it all together. No, he said me. Why? Because I was fearful and afraid. You say, you, the pastor? Yeah, just like you. What was I afraid of? Why did God have to say that? What I had done, what I had, had I done just the week before? I resigned all my security. I knew better, but I resigned all my security. God had blessed me so I'd flown all over the world, developed computer stuff. I mean, it was just amazing. 25 years. I never thought I'd ever, ever, ever step down. So what was I afraid of? Here's what I was afraid of. My wife helped me tremendously. Here was what was going through my mind. Now that I've quit and I step up, we had 100 people. No money. Nobody was funding us. I had no job. What if the church fails? What am I going to do now? You say, Pastor Mark, what kind of guy are you to think like that? Just like you. Am I right? Come on. Don't look at me like that, you super spiritual people. <laughs> Absolutely. Some of you, God's called to start us. You're supposed to not only be in a small group, you're supposed to lead a group. <laughs> yeah, now you get it. So understand, we're all alike in this room. We can all go to that area. And I had to go back to the promises. I had to take my eyes off pharmacy and put them on God and the church. And remember that God promised. I didn't know what it would be. I'm so glad I didn't know what it would be. I didn't have any idea it would turn into this. People ask me all the time, Pastor Mark, did you not let it be like 10,000 people? Are you kidding me? We started in a hotel room. I made a little hotel room. I can remember, I told you before, I can remember on a Sunday night teaching, a Sunday night teaching, there's a country western band in the next area. I'm teaching the word of God. This is the weirdest thing in all my life. You guys missed the early days. It was fantastic. Because that wasn't just for me. That's for you. Look at this. Step up. No fear. Have faith in God and his promises. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, you don't really need faith anymore, do you? We're not even close to being finished. There's so much more. I have no... Well, what's around the corner? I have no idea. Only God does. But he's made a promise to us. If we step out, it's his idea. It will happen. Now, you say, well, that could cost me then. Yeah, it will cost you. It'll absolutely cost you. But it'll cost you way more not to follow God. One day, Jesus made this statement. Look at it. It's exactly the same thing. It's strange. Look at this verse. It's in Luke 9. Everybody look at it. If you try to hang on to your life, say it with me. You will. That's like an oxymoron. If I hold on to my life and try to direct my life with my napkin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it. But look at the next statement. If you give your life for my Jesus, for my sake, say it with me, everybody. You will save it. Absolutely the way we're to live. You see, if you understand all of this, playing it safe is risky. The only way to discover life is to step up and venture out. What does it mean to venture? Pastor Mark told us and shared with us about a time that God called him to venture out. It was scary, but God has used Pastor Mark's obedience to spread the gospel. God may be calling you to venture out and do a new thing. Do you feel unprepared? 
God will make you prepared. God will give you exactly what you need to fulfill what He's called you to do. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll be asked the question, Are you ready to venture out? No? Pastor Mark will show us next time on Lessons for Living that God calls us and promises to go with us. God will give us the strength and courage to go into the unknown. Remember that it's not where we're going, but with whom we're going with. He shares with us that we need to let go of our own desires for our lives and lose it for God's will. God won't call us to venture out by ourselves. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Right.